You are listening to Danny on What The Heck Podcast. This is the place where I share my experience, knowledge and skills. Well, I don't know, uh, we've got John Viney all the way from the UK and uh, I'm quite pleased about this podcast because it's my last podcast of the year and I'm about to get on the aeroplane and go visit. So really nice to have you here, John, and come along. Great, Great to be here, Danny. Thank you. So it's seven o'clock Sunday night. And you, it is seven o'clock Sunday night in Wales in the UK. Yeah. Ah, I've been to Wales. I didn't tell you that. Where do we chat before we went live? Interestingly enough, it is uh, 20 past eight in Monday morning. So I often say to people that um, I live in the future and uh, you live in the past. So do you want to know anything that's going to happen in the next few hours? Oh, yeah. Do you, <laughs> do you know what the lottery numbers are? Ah. <sighs> I won last week. I got twenty-five dollars. <laughs> That's good. Well, That'd be great. All I right. don't buy a lottery ticket, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So I was explaining to John. I actually have uh, about one hundred and seven, to be exact, questions, and I've picked out twelve questions, and I don't actually know what they are myself. And the idea behind this is just basically to have uh, twelve impromptu questions that we ask along the way, and we don't know where it's going to take us. So okay, I'll get started okay. with the very first question. Yeah. If you could share, oops, and uh, now I'm a bit dyslexic sometimes, so I have to repeat. If you could share a meal with any individual, living or dead, who would it be? Who would you like to have a meal wow, with? Wow, wait. Share a meal. Um, boy, let me think. I, I, I just need to have a little think about that. That's okay. Well, because my, because my, my the, my, gra- my father's grand my sorry my father's dad and mum died when he was young um i didn't know my grand my grandfather and my grandmother on my dad's side so i would love to sit down and talk to my grandfather and my grandmother on my dad's side because they were living in london they were what we called rag and bone men. So right. the, the um, you know, with a horse and cart. And, and I, I think they were really interesting characters. So I'd like to do that simply because it would give me some family background, some family knowledge, and I think it would be entertaining. So mm. they're not famous. Yep. So I haven't given you the name of someone famous, but um, my... Oh, my <laughs> my grandfather and my grandmother on my dad's side. Right. If you could live in a different period of time rather than the one now, where would you go back to? Oh, where would I go back to? Um... I've always liked the idea of the uh, when they had um, is it the all the dancers and um, um, you know the uh, was it nineteen thirties? Yeah, you mean I know what you mean the 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 Charleston and the. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah yeah that that would be an interesting era um yeah or maybe what about what about the 1870s 1880s um you want to invent the light bulb don't you when the when the west in the in the united states when the cowboys were were, were on the go um yeah. and perhaps having dinner with wyatt earp in <laughs> um yeah. in oh. um the, the, by the OK Corral. I've got to ask you a question. We watch the Chase uh, TV program every night. It's one of our favourites. Do you watch it in Wales? 
I do watch it. Not yeah. not regularly, but I certainly do watch it. Yes. I learn yeah. a lot about history on it. Uh, even though yeah. we're in New Zealand, um, we find, you know, like they're always talking about the, uh, the the kings and the queens' names and how long, what period they ruled. All right, yeah. question number two. We got we got distracted there. We might do that. What motivates you to get out of bed in the morning? What motivates me? Um, I've got responsibilities, I suppose. Um I've got my work that I need to go to certain days. I do some voluntary work, which is very, very important to me. Um, like tomorrow morning, I'll be getting up early-ish because I need to go into court. Oh. And um, I've got a, got some responsibility in the Crown Court in Cardiff. Uh, I also do some work in the prison in Cardiff. Oh, okay. Uh, voluntary work. So I... Um, so I've got my my work where I earn money, which is as a window cleaner. Yep. That gets me up. I've got work which is voluntary in the courts, and I've got work which I do voluntary in the prison. So often it's it's that that I look forward to getting up to to go to do. All right. You, you have anything to do with Rotary by any chance? No. Uh, I no. did join that for five years for a wee while, and that was uh, quite good. All actually. Right. But yeah, I, that was. They sort of brought voluntary work your way, which made it a lot easier if you were sort of struggling to get part of or associated with something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just quickly tell you, um, I, as I say, I'm a window cleaner. Um, and when it rained, as it often does in Wales, I used to I used to go and take shelter in the courts, the magistrates courts, yeah. because I quite like the law. I haven't got the brains for it, but I quite like the law. So I would sit in the back of the court because I couldn't work, it was raining, and I'd watch the cases going on. And then one day I asked someone about the magistrates that were sitting, you know, did, did they have law degrees? And he said, no, you don't need, you just need to be an upstanding member of the community. You don't need to, it's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not um, a qualification. There's so another said, common interest that we share, because I used to live right in the centre of town in Christchurch, New Zealand, and uh, I used to go down to uh, the courts and watch people, especially on a Monday, 10 a.m. I used to sit there, grab my coffee and go there and just watch all these, I, at the time I'd call yeah. them losers. And you'd be amazed what actually happened around the city at nighttime. And yeah. these people and the things that they were doing, like I remember one lady, this guy smashed the window of the car and then he was hanging out the window. She drove off and I think he was trying to do her for grievous bodily harm. And he was the one that broke the window and had his body yeah. half of the car. And you think, wow, yeah. people are loopy. But fascinating. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, I found it fascinating. And, and then when I found out that I could be a magistrate, it meant going through two interviews. It was nothing to do with intellectual ability or academic ability. It was to do with your personality, whether you're honest, whether you can understand facts and, and, facts and figures and, and read documents, as long as you can do that. Um, so I got through my two interviews and I got appointed in 2003 as a magistrate. So yeah. I now sit, I sit as a magistrate. And in <laughs> fact, tomorrow I'm going in Cardiff, the capital of Wales, and I'll be sitting with a judge on appeals. So we're actually sitting for a th on a three day case on appeal. Now, I pinch myself that I'm a window cleaner yeah. for most of the time. But some of the time I'm going in and I'm sending people to prison. Wow. Because we, we send people to prison sometimes. So well, I reckon that'd be the fascinating job. It gives me an idea, actually. <laughs> I, don't, I don't take it lightly uh, or I don't make fun of it. I mean, yeah. it is just a fact that 
Mm. One of the responsibilities is sometimes you have to you have to sentence people to prison. And then on the on the flip side, I actually am a member of what they call the independent monitoring board. And that is a, an appointment by the government, which is voluntary, where you go into a prison and the prison cannot stop you going in or talking to anyone. And you're there to monitor the prison to make sure the prison's being run properly and that prisoners are being treated fairly and decently. So those two, there's two voluntary jobs there that are statutory roles. Um, okay. But I've got my window cleaning where I earn my money. Yeah, they're quite high profile too. Well done. I mean, it's brilliant. Well, that's, that's why I get up in the morning. Well, that's a good answer there. Well, your question. <laughs> okay, a, a bit of a lighthearted one. What makes you laugh the most? I hope you haven't heard any of my jokes before because they won't make you laugh. They'll probably make you cry. Oh, what, what is, what is I, I, a real good laugh. I laugh a lot and I make people laugh. I love hearing the sound of laughter. I'm, 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 I'm stupid sometimes in my actions to make people laugh. I tell jokes. I, um, I do love watching um, comedians on the TV or go and see them live. Um, so uh, I, I do see the funny side of it. So, and sometimes quirky, a little bit like the Monty Python yep. um, team, um, that type of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I really do enjoy. Have you ever been on a, a mic and done a stand-up comedian job? No, no, yeah. I haven't. I've, yeah. I mean, I've done it at weddings. I, yeah. I've, I've told some funny jokes at weddings mm. of friends, but no. Yeah. We used no. to have this real cool place called the Green Room, and that's where people wanted to be stand-up comedians could have a go so yeah. I, I have one joke that is really funny if it's told correctly and i stood up and gave this joke everyone cracked up they thought oh this guy's a legend and then they said oh have you got any more and i said i've got one more and that was a i always remember that was my, my time as a stand-up comedian <laughs> good stuff mate um, all right. Now, well, I don't know. COVID's a terrible thing at the moment. Uh, this question I've asked it a couple of times recently. Where in the world would you travel to next? So we, when we can travel again, where would you get head away to? And uh, you've said you've traveled to New Zealand, which is great. So you might be, I don't know how big a traveler you are. I've been a big traveler. Um, I love the United States. I have to be honest. My wife and I have traveled extensively in the United States. In fact, two years ago, I... I hit the jackpot in that I, I reached my 50th state. So I've now visited wow. all 50 of the United States. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I love America. I love, I love America and its, um, and its environs. Um, I love Australia, but boy, did I like New Zealand. And I'm not just saying that because you're there. I spent two weeks in New Zealand and you know, when you're looking at your country on the map, it looks like two little islands. You've got North and South Island. So I thought, oh, I'll have a week in the North and I'll have a week in the South. I'll do the lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and boy, oh boy, did I, did I realise that you need, you need two months or, or two years to yeah. see it, not two. But I, I put myself about and... Um, Loved, I loved New Zealand, absolutely mm. loved it. So I think I'd like to take my wife to come and see you in New Zealand. Oh, good and stuff. Get, get, get further down from Christchurch, because I, I, I had to stop at Christchurch. Uh, and, um, and in fact, I've got a very, a very quick story about the Christchurch. 
when when I came to the end of my little vacation in in um, New Zealand, I got on the plane in Christchurch to fly back to Sydney to get my plane to London. By the time I got to Sydney, I I, I, I arrived at Sydney Airport from Christchurch, was looking at the screens of the TV in the airport, and there was all this commotion going on in Christchurch. And I said, "What's that? Is it a film?" They said, no, this is the big earthquakes just happened in Christchurch. Oh, it wasn't that long ago, 10 years ago. And, and I got out. I, I was on the plane while that happened. I left Christchurch and missed it by an hour. Wow. You would have been stuck here, mate. It's been amazing yeah. since the earthquake. I mean, um, just so much has happened. And also, we've had uh, three tragedies here. We had some big fires in the Port Hills. That, yeah. um, and then we also had... Um, a guy who come in and shot. Uh, I know. Terrible shooting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 51 people or 55 people. I can't remember, unfortunately. Yeah. And my yeah. hairdresser, um, he, got, he, he was one of the guys that got shot. And I think he got shot three times and his child wow. got shot three times as well. And she's, and um, you're sitting here and you think this happened in our wee city. Like we, I believe I, we live in the best city in the world. And then this gunman's come along and shot 50 odd people. Uh, just incredible. You know, yeah. and it's all, you know, with Christchurch's earthquakes, the fires, uh, and obviously the shootings, it's just hard to comprehend all that's happening in your hometown, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got a lovely, so that's where you are then, Danny. Is it in Christchurch itself? Yeah. And yeah. If, on my website, if you ever want to reminisce about coming back, uh, I've, I used to have a website called New Zealand's Information Network, and I've grabbed all the blogs and the articles and brought it into tohec.com. But uh, I have uh, information on, like, French Joseph. Um, uh, with the Fox Glacier and all the places down the west coast, and that's where you really want to head like Westport, yeah. Hokitika, Greymouth. You get there and you realize there's no one else on the world, you know, there's, there's a very low population over there. Well, when I was there, I made it a wine theme. Now, I'm not a big drinker and I don't, and yeah. I'm not an expert on wine, but I just I thought, right, if I'm going to be there, I'm going to go around the different wine regions and I'm yeah. going to go wine tasting. And boy, you've got some fantastic, um, fantastic wine, <laughs> wine yeah. there. I think they're um, cheaper in the UK than they are here, though. That's the funny thing. Well, they actually might I not met, be actually. Not sure. Yeah, I met uh, in one of the wine regions. I met uh, one of the All Blacks who who was running running um, a vineyard. I, so, I probably, uh, what, do you remember his name? Because I, I know who it is. Oh, John, John Ashworth. Yeah, no, I do know the name. Yeah. John Ashworth. We, we go to Richie McCall. He's probably our biggest um, rugby player. We were at a cafe the other day and I walked in and I recognised the lady who he was talking to because she's a famous cook. And then right next to her is, is Richie McCall, you see, and had this big yeah. debate whether we go up and ask for a photo. But we keep bumping into him at the same cafe. But it's quite neat. You bump into All Blacks all over the place. and you, Everyone knows everyone in New Zealand. Yeah. That's the real big difference. Uh, and if you don't know somebody... You, you talking to them you'll find they know somebody you know two, two well, degrees of course, of separation. i'm i'm from england uh i was born in london but i've lived in wales for nearly for oh, 45 no no 50 years i've lived in wales and of course wales is a big rugby nation right so wales wales and 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 the all blacks there's a bit of um yeah. there's a bit of a rivalry there well, so, had, had some good games i, I went yeah. to Loch, Loch Ness and i couldn't get over the accent Yours isn't very strong. Well, I uh, know I'm from London in yeah. the south in England. Loch Ness is in Scotland. Oh, I've got so it wrong. That's why you've got, a, you've got a very, you've got a really strong. Yeah, you've got a, a different accent up there. 
Yeah. yeah. From our point of view, anything in the UK is all in the same area, but <laughs> not when you're over there. Yeah. Or I'll get myself out. I'll stop digging a hole. Uh, if you could go back in time and change one thing, what would it be? Oh. <laughs> that's, that's an awkward one. I'm... I mean, part of the reason you've invited me on is to talk about my my experience with a certain religion, a religious cult. Yeah. And I suppose I suppose if I could have if I could go back to my my childhood, I'd like to change that. But then you can't because it was my mum and dad who were in it. And so and then I met my wife, who I'm still married to. And so. um, So, yeah, so. What could I change? Let's think. I, I, I would change that. I would change my early life. But if you mean um, in history, what would is that what you meant? Um, well, no, not or, really. I think we're on the same way. Did I get the people, answer right? For the people that don't know uh, our connection, is we were both uh, um, a big part of my life was the religious upbringing as a Jehovah's Witness, and, and yours was as well. I think yeah. there's an old saying that people say that what doesn't break you makes you stronger. So all the experiences you have along the way, I've lived life now with this opinion that I'm always trying to be a better version of myself. So the learnings that I've gathered along the way, I like to think that's what's given me a character. I'm more understanding. I'm more empathetic. I listen to people more. So maybe it's an oxymoron because it's a question, Do you? every action has a reaction. So if you change something, you wouldn't know something. That's right. So that's why that's why I hesitated because I've also gained a lot from my experience, which hasn't always been happy. Hasn't some of it has been happy, but yeah. it's not always been happy. But um, no, I'm 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 content with my life. I'd like to be a bit younger. I'd like to gain <laughs> a few more years. But there we are. Wouldn't we all? All right. Now, next time somebody asks that question, when, before we went live, you said, do you know the lotto numbers? So that could be an answer to that question. If you could go back in time and change one thing, you could change your lotto ticket numbers. So you yeah. win. If, if money was going to bring you some happiness, not necessarily. I'd like to give it a try. Yeah, I reckon I'd be a real good rich person. Yeah. yeah. I, always, I always remember the actor... Um, Robert Redford being interviewed about being a star and being rich. And he said, um, he was asked, what do you prefer? He said, well, I've been rich and I've been poor. Rich is definitely better. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. There there was a, I've forgotten the guy, I think way back there was the richest guy in the world, but he still had a pay telephone in his house. And I think that's the point where they, you know, they still want money, even though they get rich. So they still yeah. strive after it. Yeah. Okay. So um, hopefully Christmas is coming up. Um, I still don't really get into Christmas trees. I'll be honest. However, occasionally, um, what is the worst gift you have received? It doesn't have to be a physical gift. It could be any gift, really. But that is the question. <laughs> what is the worst gift worst you've ever received? Okay. I'm just going to precede that by saying that because Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Christmas, and you will know this, it's only been about five or six or seven years that we've been celebrating. So my wife and I are like big kids with children. (laughs) If I tell you right now in our house, we have eight Christmas trees. No way. Eight. 
various sizes, various colors. Um, so, so we, my, my, my wife is like a young girl uh, with, if, if I took you downstairs to the biggest tree and you saw yeah. all the presents and the hampers and the oh, stuff. You're going crazy. So yeah. we've gone crazy, but, but that doesn't answer your question. The worst gift. Um, oh, let me think. Do you know what? I, I can't think of one because mm. I've, I've been appreciative of anything that's been given to me. Mm. Um, so Give I can't, it. I'm going to, I, I painted. Um, I actually I painted an elder's. Uh, um, I wallpapered three rooms, five rooms, in an elder's house. And the elder's somebody in the J-Dub religion. And I was dating his daughter. And the daughter said, "Our oh, dad wants to know whether you want money or you want a gift for the the time you spent wallpapering all these rooms." And I said, oh, "I'd actually need the money." And I remember he bought me a, a top that was bright green, like hideous green, and some socks to match. And I. And I just couldn't believe that he took the opt-out on the cheap option just because I was dating his daughter. But, um, yes, that question always <laughs> reminds me of these green socks. And I went back to my employer at the time, and I gave him this shirt and the socks. I said, this is what five days of wallpapering gets you when you um, wallpaper your, your father-in-law-to-be's um, house. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, that's a nice attitude. But I don't know about you, but um, because – You've been in the – 55 years in the Jehovah's Witness, was it? 55 years as a Jehovah's Witness, yeah. Yeah, so when – like the joy that people get from Christmas, I've never really got into it. And same with birthdays or any celebration. I believe every day is Christmas. And if I – like I bought my partner some um, headphones and she can use them when she's running. And we went out for a run on Saturday. I said, just open them up and use them now. And she goes, no, no, wrap them up. And I'm going, no, I'll just have them now. You want to use them, so use them now and wrap up the box if you need to wrap up something. And she goes, oh, no, no, you've got to – and I just don't get into that still. But Look what I've got next to me. I look at you, eh? <laughs> you pagan, you. I've got all the wrappings. I've been doing it. I've been wrapping up. Um, oh, good so on you, mate. That's nice. I've, I've got all the Christmas cards I'm doing. So, yeah, um, yeah no, I, I do appreciate – pretty much all the gifts and I, I i we've got a daughter that has some learning difficulties so she's yep. she's a little bit childlike in her manner yep so it's lovely it's lovely doing christmas and seeing seeing someone with a childlike mind think that santa's still coming and so yep. i know what you mean as a jehovah's witness we've probably we would i it it, it wouldn't bother me if we didn't do it yeah. But I now see how much joy it brings to the people who are receiving. Yeah. So uh, I get joy when I see their joy. I think there's more happiness in giving and receiving. I hope that's not a Bible quote. It is a Bible quote, but it's a very. I'm very happy with that one. I'm very happy with that quote. <laughs> yeah, I find myself quoting things that um, are in the Bible, but um, I keep forgetting whether they are or not. Now we've got um, my partner's son. Sounds similar to your. Um, young person in your house, so um, still believe in Father Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Does your family have a motto, spoken or unspoken? So, what motto does your family go by? Does that resonate with you? That question. Um, my my motto. It, it's my motto. It, it, it's um, my. I lost my father about oh, 17 years ago, and um, I was still a Jehovah's Witness then. And I was traveling in Florida, in the north part of Florida. And I'll never forget it. I was on a beach 
and I was talking to a guy, an old guy came along and we were talking about making the best of your life in life. You've got to, you know, none of us know what is around the corner, especially with the COVID situation as we've got now. Okay. And this guy said to me, and this is going to be the title of my book when I write it. I've started writing it, but I've stuck. Yep. He said to me, yeah, do it. Do it while you're alive. Because he said, memories are better than dreams. Wow. And I thought, wow, yeah, memories are better than dreams. So when you're old, when you're old and you're sitting in the rocking chair, I want to be able to remember going to New Zealand. Mm. I don't want to be thinking, I always wanted to go to New Zealand. Yeah, too, right. Make it happen. So memories are better than dreams. Is That's my brilliant. I, uh, last year, this time, I was in Bangladesh. And uh, I would come from China, Bangladesh, and then traveled India. And I got out uh, of China probably about two weeks before it was happening. And I just keep thinking how fortunate I were that I went to these countries. And I keep thinking back, I've just uploaded some photos to my Facebook page that, you know, when they pop up and go, this, this time last year, you were doing this. And here I am in a, in a bus overtaking somebody at 60 miles an hour in a blind corner. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm oh, so lucky to be able to <laughs> say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got an impromptu question because before I interviewed you, I got around the internet and I looked at uh, a lot of your videos and I did see one video of you outside a convention um, centre. And yeah. um, I want to ask you, what is the difference between a professed Jehovah's Witness <laughs> and an actual Jehovah's Witness? What's the uh, answer? Well, I don't know the answer, but... Um... <laughs> Just, yeah. just for your, just for your viewers to know that my daughter, yeah. one of my daughters, was sexually abused yeah. when she was about 12, 13, 14 by a Jehovah's Witness, mm. and um, Jehovah's Witnesses have a real problem with child sexual abuse. Yeah. However, they don't think they do, so they don't admit that any of the Jehovah's Witnesses ever do anything like that. And That's the right. nearest thing. The nearest they came was that that um, that Watchtower magazine that I took. Now, the Watchtower magazine is the magazine Jehovah's Witnesses study and preach. Yep. Um, that Watchtower just came as near as it, they've ever done in saying that some Jehovah's Witnesses have abused. But mm. they couldn't quite say Jehovah's Witnesses. So they said some professed Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. Now you and I know that someone, for instance, who's an elder in the faith or a ministerial servant in the faith or a pioneer in the faith, they're all titles of people that have been in for many years. Yeah. So you're not just a professed Jehovah's witness. You are yeah, a Jehovah's are witness. Are we at? So I, I use the illustration like this. If a, if a Catholic priest um, molests a young boy, they're not a professed priest they are a priest that's done wrong. Yeah. If, if, if an archbishop in the Anglican church molests someone, they're not a professed Anglican bishop. They are an Anglican bishop who's done wrong. Yeah. So if a Jehovah's Witness molests a child, they're not a professed Jehovah's Witness. They are a Jehovah's Witness. But that got me so riled up that I then went with that magazine with a cameraman to the convention in Cardiff and very, very politely tried to stop Jehovah's Witnesses and say to them, excuse me, can you tell me the difference between a Jehovah's Witness and good. a professed one? Yeah. And of course, they wouldn't speak to me anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. But but I was trying to make a point that really, when a Jehovah's Witness molests a child, it's a Jehovah's Witness doing it, not a professed one. That was that was my that was my story. Oh, it was brilliant, and I I quite enjoyed the 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 um the guy that talked stopped and talked to you at the end because he was at talking about a lot of the organisations like Jehovah's Witness are sort of a an easy place for child molesters to get into. Yeah. And, and he said that and the thing is, like over here in New Zealand at the moment, you'll be familiar the in Australia they had I think thirteen hundred cases of children and cases that have uh, of child molestation that had never been reported to the police. Yeah, that was the Australian Royal Commission. Right. The Australian Royal Commission. Yeah, they um, they they had a two week two week um, investigation. And um, the Bethel, the, the headquarters in Australia, um, had to produce the, the figures, had to. Wow. And they found 1,006 Jehovah's Witnesses were, had molested, of which none reported to the police. Incredible. And yeah. the, victims, the victims of those 1,006, there were over 2,000 victims of those 1,006 abusers. So that's why currently, as we speak, the status of Jehovah's Witnesses in Australia, they're, they're, they're thinking of taking their charitable status away. I heard that they've lost it. I well, they probably are on their way. I haven't heard that, but it's being discussed and you, you can see the discussion going on in Parliament. So, um, so when I say that Jehovah's Witnesses have got a problem with child abuse... But the best they can do is to say, well, they're just professed Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, you, can see why, you can see why I got a little bit irate. But I no, wasn't I irate. You did really well. No, you did really well. And I like the way that you had that guy dressed up there and that lady was saying, oh, I, I can see he, he's not one of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was really good. Also, the other one I, I noticed, I watched Oxygen.com and they did that documentary on, uh, is it the, the Witnesses? And they had the lady, have you seen that? Yeah, I think I have seen that one. Yeah, and, and they have a panel, a panel of ex-witnesses. Yeah, and they they basically said that there's going to be a, a year where the Statue of Liberty in America has dropped for a year where they can because after a, a time period, I think it's seven or ten years, you yeah, can't bring up yeah. an old case. So they they dropped that for twelve months, and then COVID hit, and I bet there's witnesses out there thinking that that COVID's a blessing from God, and it's avoided them getting into the the poo. <laughs> well, they know. They've had um, they've had a lots and lots of cases come forward in America, particularly yeah. in America, and yeah. um, and the the Watchtower organization are paying out millions millions of wow. dollars in compensation, as they are here. I should say in the UK, not millions here. We 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 only get thousands here, but mm. um, there's there's. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses are getting the victims to sign confidentiality agreements. So they're stopping it going to court. Yep. They're paying, they're paying them off. And I can tell you names of, I've seen this. Yeah. Um, they're paying them off so that the local Jehovah's Witnesses, that's why they're saying, no, we haven't got a problem. Well, because they're not hearing so much about it because yeah. they're getting paid off because they don't want but, to bring reproach against jehovah's name that's right you know the same old story you, 
I think every time they get persecuted, they think that's all part of the, you know, the sign of the time and uh, yeah. it just goes around. Funny enough, when I was, I was brought up in a small congregation, um, we had about 100 people and there was an elder there, Ronald Reynolds was his name, he'd be passed away now. And I found out 20 years ago that somebody used to look after me as a kid, that they um, were molested by him. And then there was a whole case and it all, we heard about it in the grapevine, nothing done about it. And, and, you, and it all makes perfect sense when you hear it and you go, oh, that explains yeah. it, you know, and it's just shocking. And I just love the fact that they can dig up these old cases now and do something about these guys. Well, that's why I'm that's why I'm speaking up about it, Danny. Now, I, I, I speak I um, I only just came out myself about oh, 18 months ago, less than that. I myself was abused as a young boy by a Jehovah's Witness. Amazing. Now, I never told a, I never told a soul, never mm. mentioned it to my family, to my wife, to my kids. And, and it was only about actually it was about a year ago. I was being interviewed by the BBC in London about child abuse in Jehovah's Witnesses. And because of my daughter was abused. Yep. And I thought, you know, I thought it was about time I said what happened to me. Mm. And so while, while I was sat on the bench being interviewed, I just said, "Look, I should tell you that um, that I was abused." And do you know what? The it was quite frightening because I was invited to London down into the studio, and my face suddenly appeared on the TV early morning with the news. The news, and they had so many abuse victims ring the the, the program Crazy. that they had to carry it on another day. So they actually did two day program about it because so wow. many people were so. I'm glad I spoke up because it raised, it, it gave other people the courage to, to ring in and say, look, you might as well know this happened to me as well. Mm. So, so this is the, this is the Jehovah's witnesses who say they don't have a problem. They've got a real Why people don't speak up just before we went live on the podcast. Uh, uh, when you leave the organization, you're not just leaving an organization because you spend all your life learning the doctrine beliefs and you've also exposed other religions so it's not like, you know, you have a government and you think, well, I'm not going to vote for national. I'm going to vote for, go with Labour now because you either, you just have to distinguish or not distinguish. You have to extinguish all your beliefs. And you basically say, now I had a purpose in life and now I'm going to leave an organisation that I believe was the, the right organisation and have no beliefs. It's very hard yeah. to do. And people, I think a lot of people who don't understand it, I often hear comments and I go, oh, it's just very hard to describe what it's like when you leave the organisation. And, yeah. um, and then you, you basically, because I was 23, and when I left the organisation, I basically, uh, I got this fellowship the first time, and I used to go along to the Kingdom Hall. And I used to sit at the back of the Kingdom Hall and bawl my eyes out every day at, I was at the meeting. So three times a week I'd go along to the thing. And then after four months, they must have thought I was uh, suicidal thoughts or whatever, and they reinstated me. So four months I was back in the organisation, then um, a year later, I did something else again, and I got kicked out. And then I, I, I was a bit harder then, I, and I went. I was about two weeks from being reinstated back into the organisation again, and I stuffed up again. And um, and then I sort of thought, oh, I'm just getting continuously beaten down um, for not being up to the standard of the organisation. And um, and then I thought, I'm going to give up on this idea. So then I, I went and started um, finding friends because I used to think that outside the organisation there was pagan people. 
Yeah. And pagan people were bad. And you can't yeah. have good, solemn, trusting relationships with these people. No. And I've proved, I've proved that wrong. We, we were all taught that. That we were all taught that you can only you can only associate with Jehovah's Witnesses. That's where good people are. You if you 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 don't go to um, you, you know don't have friends who are not Jehovah's Witnesses. Even well, you your relatives. Played you played soccer. You loved I soccer. Did, I did. I did used to like soccer. You couldn't join the team that was going to play after school because you're not allowed to have after school activities. No, yeah. it was. Um, but that's that's part of their their skill set to keep you trapped. Yeah. Because if you haven't got friends outside because they're bad, they keep you focused on just Jehovah's Witnesses. They've got they've got you, and that's that's why it's a cult. It's it's a mind control. As the only bargaining power they've got is your family. They take the most precious things that they can and they bargain. If you don't do this, we're going to take your family away from you. You know, as I was saying earlier, I, my mother, my, my, two, um, my niece and my nephew, my half-brother, they don't have anything to do with me at all. And, uh, no. it's, you know, I, I remember because you said that when you wanted to play in the soccer team, instead you would be knocking on people's doors and I, uh, I think you used to spend 100 hours a month, and I used to spend 60 hours a month. I used to be a regular, uh, a regular pioneer. But I, when I was at the age of 13 or 14, I used to have to go around my neighbourhood and knock on the doors, dreading the fact that one of my schoolmates were going to yeah. answer the door. I know, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> no, and I got picked on so much that I had this fear yeah. of bumping into them. And um, I left school at 14, and, and you left school at 15, didn't you? 15, yeah, yeah. Oh. The other thing is, of course, you can't take part in any religious activity in the school. That's so, right. for instance, in the morning assembly, we called it the morning assembly. I used to have to sit on a chair outside the assembly. So all the kids would be passing me saying, Viney, why aren't you coming into assembly? Yeah. So uh, talk about making you <laughs> making you an object of derision. <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't. I remember the, the headmaster of the school when I said I was leaving at 14. He said, uh, is there anything that you we can do to convince you to stay? And I said, not not a snowball's chance in hell, mate. I'm out of here because I, I my birthday's in January, so I turned fifteen um, over the, the school holiday period, so I was out of there. So, hey, good mate. We've got a couple right. more questions. We'll keep, we'll battle on. Um, if you were to tell one person, thank you for helping me become the person I am today, who would that be? Who would you thank for for who you are today? Um. Boy, this is going to be a strange one. My, it would be my brother-in-law who 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 died a year ago. Oh, sorry to hear that. Um, it was a very unusual one in that my daughter, the one that was abused and then got disfellowshipped, which means, as you as you know, it means that we can't talk to her. We, yeah. we had to shun her for 10, 15, nearly. 12 years mm. so that means that if we meet her in the street we pass her we don't pick the phone up if she rings for the rest of her life we don't talk to her because she's disfellowshipped oh, she's like drives me crazy it's just another yeah. well i'm just i'm just going to say to you she approached me and asked me if i would walk her down the aisle she ah. got she was getting married yep and because she had such unhappy memories of being abused, I decided, do you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now, I knew I wasn't allowed to do that right. because I'm an elder. I'm an elder. I have to set an example to the flock of other yep. Jehovah's Witnesses. 
I'm not allowed to have anything to do with my daughter. I'm not even allowed to say hello to her. Yeah. So I walked her down the aisle. We had a great day. I got reported by my brother-in-law, oh. who was a Jehovah's Witness. He told on me. Yep. But do you know what? That started the chain of events that meant I left. Yeah. So I've got my freedom now. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but but because my brother-in-law reported me, and yep. then we went through a series of meetings. It was difficult. I was I was almost on the I was always going almost going to have a nervous breakdown. I know, mm. but but because he reported me, that started that chain off that led to my freedom. So yeah, I'm going to say thank thank you, Mike. I didn't appreciate it at the time, but Mike, um, you 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 got you gave me my freedom. Brilliant. Hopefully, he's listening to our podcast. I doubt it, but. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, we better carry on because I've got a plane to catch. We've got, um, what's your proudest accomplishment? And you can't say your children. Proudest? Well, I suppose I I am proud that I'm a magistrate. Yay. Um, when, you, when you hear of someone being a magistrate, as I did at first, um, I'm a window cleaner, Danny, and that's my job. I'm, I don't consider myself having a lot of brains, but... I, I oh. do my best. When it when it used to rain and I couldn't go to work cleaning windows, I used to sit in the back of the court. And I loved it. I loved listening to the cases. Yeah. And then one day, one day I found out that a friend of mine was a magistrate. And I said to him, where did you get your law degree? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you're a magistrate. He said, no, you don't have a law degree. He said, a magistrate is just a person that's an upstanding member of the community that has some ability in judging um, in right and wrong and reading documents, but it's nothing to do with academic ability. It's more about you as a person and your ability. So I went for an, two interviews and I got, I got appointed as a magistrate awesome. and I've been a magistrate for about 15, 16 years now. So it's a voluntary, you don't get paid for it. You can sentence people to up to six months imprisonment and or there's fines or there's and, and everything in between you mm. have to you have to sit on trials to make sure whether someone's innocent or guilty um it's absolutely fascinating yeah, cool and i never ever thought that i would be able to qualify for that so i am proud to be a magistrate that doesn't mean i think more of myself than i should yeah I, i'm conscious I'm conscious of my inabilities, but nevertheless, I'm proud to serve in such a role. Well, that means you would probably have to wear a, a suit and that would give you a purpose for your old Jehovah's Witness suits. I've got some lovely suits and ties and I like wearing a little silk handkerchief in there oh, yeah. as well. What about um, so, tie slides? Sometimes you can wear no, I don't. I don't do tie slides, but I've oh. got hundreds and hundreds of cufflinks. Yeah. I've got this weakness. I've got this weakness, Danny, of the cufflinks. Yeah. So if I if I see any that are in in charity shops and they're cheap, I, yeah. I get them. <laughs> I used to always wear the cufflinks. I, I did. I used to finish off. And I used to. Funny enough, people probably wouldn't appreciate this unless they were Jehovah's Witnesses. But I used to collect ties, and I used to have about a hundred different ties I'd wear, and it'd be like my thing, you know. But um, well, those days, I, could, ago, I think I I've could, been there. I could beat you on that, Danny. If I took this, if I took this camera downstairs to my bedroom. Yep. I must have 
three, four, five hundred ties down there. Wow, good on you, mate. <laughs> ties and cufflinks are my weakness. Yeah, no, good stuff. Unless it's ladies, it's shoes, isn't it? Okay, we better carry on. How would your friends describe you? And you've got 45 seconds because I've got to get motoring. Um, how would my friends describe me? I'd like to, I'd like to, to hear them say, do you know what? He's a thoroughly good bloke. Yep. He gets on our nerves sometimes, but um, no, he's, he's, he's a good bloke. He makes us laugh. Um, he's very helpful. Um, he um, he's an honest guy. What you see is what you get. Yeah, no secrets. Not really. I don't think so. No, I think something I've learned from leaving the organisation is I don't care anymore. I just am who I am, and I, yeah. I've always, always taught not to lie. And I've always prided myself. Uh, you know, I just tell the truth, tell it how it is. And the people yeah. that can't take that i think they need to work on themselves i do bend over backwards to make people uh, to not to not upset people mm. i can absorb unreasonableness if people are unreasonable to me i yeah. don't i very very rarely lose my temper yeah. as you will see on that on that video that you commented on of me yeah. interviewing at that convention yeah. people were downright rude but i i just took it in my stride and laughed and I, yeah. i'd like to think that's what i'm like no, I think you handled yourself very well on that because it wasn't about you either. It was just no. about using logic. And here's the facts. This is what I've read. It's not written by me, but how do you interpret that? You know, <laughs> you got it. Crazy. Okay, and aside from necessities, now necessity is coffee, internet. What's one thing you could not go a day without? And then we've got one more question. Did you did you say you can't have internet? Well, you can't use internet because that's kind of a necessity. So uh, apart from necessities. Oh, sorry. Apart from necessities, what can't you do without? Yeah, for a oh, day. My, every day. You're um, looking for a bad habit. Sounds like a tie collection to me. No, <laughs> uh, let me think. What can't I do without? Um, I enjoy a breakfast. Okay. A bacon roll. A bacon... Or as they say in Wales, a bacon bap, a bacon roll. Um, yeah, let me let okay, me say okay. I do breakfast. So as you said, you're a window cleaner because being Jehovah's Witnesses, we used to always have jobs where um, we could manage our own time and we weren't doing a nine to yeah. five. When you do yeah. your window clean around, are you do you do it in the mornings and do you get up at five o'clock? No, not not anymore. I in yeah. in when I was a little bit younger and my business was. I needed to earn more. I was up at half past four, five o'clock, traveling all over, cleaning cafes, floors, mopping floors, cleaning businesses, and yes. then going on to doing window cleaning. But yeah. um, no, not anymore. I, I'm, I'm up. I'm, I'm up about. Well, I was up. Let's see. I went out. I went out this morning about half past seven. So right. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't get up too early now. That's cool. I forgot about the cleaning. Actually, that was another one that they used as well. All right. So um, last question, and we better call it quits after that. Otherwise, I'll, I'll get told off because I haven't even packed yet. But what um, what does a perfect day look like for you? And obviously, Christmas is coming up, and you've got eight Christmas trees. So I'm wondering, yeah. how does Christmas Day look for you, perhaps? Well, Christmas. Um, I'm looking forward to Christmas Day. Um, yeah. But the perfect day, I suppose, the regular perfect day is me going out to work, perhaps doing a morning's work, 
enjoying my breakfast and then coming back and then perhaps taking my wife and my daughter, Joanne and Mary, taking them maybe out for a walk or shopping yeah. uh, and or maybe going to a museum and doing something, splitting the day, doing something that you've got to do, workload, um, but then also enjoying. So I, I want to enjoy life. Like I said, it's memories are better than dreams. Mm. And I want to be, I want to create, I want to create lots of memories um, and, 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 and live life to the full, I suppose. Now, brilliant. Well done, John. I really enjoyed interviewing you. Um, how do people contact you if they, and if, do you want to be contacted? Are you happy for people to? I am, I am, I am happy to be contacted. Um, what, what I tell people is if and I'm very happy to talk about being a Jehovah's Witness or what it was like and my role and everything. And I don't all, also I don't always say, Danny, that it was all bad. There were mm. some good, happy times as well. And that's to be fair. Um, so I'm happy to be contacted to have a chat. What I don't do is debate. I won't yeah. debate religion. I'm glad you said that because that's what everyone seems to do straight away, isn't it? They want to debate. Yeah. If, and I'm, if, oh, I'm over if, it. <laughs> if you want to be a Jehovah's Witness, or you haven't, if you haven't been affected by the things that have affected me, don't call me a liar because you haven't been affected by them. Mm. I, I'm telling you the truth, which is why I've made the decision not to do it. Yeah. But um, so I won't debate religion with people. But I'm very, very happy to discuss stuff. And um, I wonder if you would mind, you could put my email address on. Okay. And I wonder if the one, the one video that you've commented on a few times is when I went to that convention, mm. perhaps you could put the link to that on and yep. they could see what I was like at that yeah. convention. One, th one thing I've been doing lately is I've got my YouTube channel and you can create playlists and all the, the good videos that I like uh, about exposing the Jehovah's Witnesses and showing what the organisation is like. I've put them all in one place and I'm just clicking them and I put yours in there, two of yours actually, because you were interviewed by, who was that guy I originally saw that uh, you interviewed by? There was two of you. There was, um, it was just it's recently. Sean, Sean Atwood. Sean Atwood is, uh, was the guy that, that we've just done an interview with. Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, and that was interesting because Sean comes from a background of sort of crime hard hard prisoner type programs yeah and he he was introduced to my colleague chris who was on that video um as as well there's a lot of crime going on amongst the jehovah's witnesses with child abuse and the shunning yeah. and stuff like that so so when he starts his video off he starts off by saying well i'm i'm doing something really different this week yeah. Um, but we've had, I know we've had over 50, about 80,000 hits on that. So, um, it'll be heaps more, man. People will get, people can hear more about my life if they tune into that one as well. I think, and I, what I did, I did a search about you and I found quite a few videos. And that's why today I was really pleased to sort of take it from a different angle. I think a yeah. lot of people, um, yeah, I think once you leave the organization, getting your life back in order and having a life outside the organization is what it was all about today. I really thank you for coming along, John, um, and I'll put your contact details at the bottom of our notes, and uh, I truly wish you the very best, and I wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you. That's quite strange, coming from one Jehovah's Witness to another. Ex-Jehovah's <laughs> Witness. <laughs> An ex-Jehovah's Witness, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah and my best, my best to you and all your um, viewers in New Zealand, and I'm, I'm, I really hope I can get over there one day. 
Oh, yeah, we'll let, you, we'll let you in. All right, mate. Thank you. <laughs> nice to speak. Bye, then. Bye.